0: Everybody's having a great evening this evening, and we're glad for all those that are joining us tonight. And uh, we got a pretty interesting topic tonight, and I know we've kind of delved on this some in the past, but we really want to dive deep in tonight. Uh, The topic is tap into the divine healing, and uh, we want to encourage you, the viewer, um, you that are online watching with us, about how it's God's will for us to be healed. And so, we're going to go in through a couple questions tonight. Uh, regarding that, and uh, I have my uh, famous senior pastor with us. Pastor Steve's going to join us tonight, and uh, he's going to he's going to expose some of these scriptures for us, and so we can see the the reality behind them. And uh, as for me, is my personal um, belief in and seeing this, is it, it is God's will for us to be healed, and we're to walk into that um, dominion for ourselves, uh, that blessing. And uh, so I encourage you tonight. Sit back, take some notes, write some scriptures down, and if you apply these truths to your life, we promise that you will be blessed. And uh, so we, like I said, we've got an encouraging word tonight, and we know that it's going to it's going to help you, it's going to shape you, it's going to mold you into what God has in store for you. And so we believe that with all of our heart. Uh, If you notice that Pastor Wes is not with us tonight, uh, he's not feeling too well. He's got a little bit of a cold and stuff like that, Um, but he'll be ready for us, I guess, for Sunday. But uh, we just want to let you know that uh, uh, we're going to dive deep into this topic tonight and uh, he'll be back with us next week. But we're going to have a good we're going to have a good talking tonight and in in regards to healing and how healing um, will work and bless your life. So, Pastor Steve, I'm going to turn it over to you. And the first question, is it God's will to heal?
1: You know, we can only go by what God's Word has to say on the subject. I know there's a lot of different ideas, uh, you know, concerning, uh, is it God's will to heal? And uh, we're going to do our best to give you a foundation from the Word of God. And, uh, you know, the Bible says, you know, let God be so and every man a liar if he's not saying what the word of God says concerning his word. And so, uh, you know, there's people from, uh, you know, that don't believe it's for today. You know, they'll say, well, that's a thing of the past. God don't heal today and he's given us doctors so we don't need that. Well, we thank God for doctors. We've never been opposed to doctors. And we're thankful for what, uh, you know, knowledge they have. And, of course, uh, technology, you know, has uh, advanced tremendously. And, uh, you know, they've made a lot of giant steps in the things that they can do to help a person. But uh, still, because they're human, they're limited to what they can do. And, but see, God is not limited. He, he is able to do all things and he can do all things well. But the, what I, I say is, you know, a lot of people say, well, God may heal sometimes, but it may not always be his will, but how can you know if it is God's will? The only way to settle it, and I've said this for many years, uh, the, you got to settle it. That's the first thing you need to do concerning, is it God's will to heal? Settle it once and for all. And the only way that you can do that and be accurate is to go by what the Word of God has to say on the subject. Second Corinthians 13 and verse 1 says, Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. So I'm going to use three of my uh, favorite scriptures that I always use when I share on this subject and even when I go to minister to someone to pray with them. Uh, I always use these basic three uh, scriptures because, uh, it, it answers the question. And so I'm going to start with Isaiah 53 verses four and five. And it says, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him smitten and stricken of God and afflicted. But it said, but he has, uh, you know, borne our sicknesses and our diseases. And, uh, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Then, in Matthew chapter eight, verse seventeen, Jesus had just healed Peter's mother-in-law, who was sick of a fever, and uh, it was not just a you know a normal fever. though in Luke's gospel, uh, it says it was a great fever. So. Uh, you know, it was uh, no doubt a high fever and was, uh, could be dangerous, you know. And uh, he had uh, just healed Peter's mother-in-law of the fever that she had, and she rose up and ministered unto them. Then verse 17 of that eighth chapter says uh, that it might be fulfilled by the prophet Isaiah saying, himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. So uh, this uh, you know was uh, some set, uh, over a little over 700, almost 750 years after the prophet Isaiah prophesied that when the Messiah come that he would not only take away our sin, but he would take away our sicknesses and our pain. In the, actually in the original Hebrew, uh, that's what it says there He bore our uh, sicknesses and carried our pains. And so uh, then in First Peter 2:24. And before I get there, that one, if in Matthew 8:17, if you'll look, uh, every Bible reference will point you back to Isaiah 53, 4, and 5. So actually, Jesus, it was here, he he said uh, that this was fulfilled by the prophet Isaiah. And then in uh, 1 Peter 2, 24, says, Who is own self, by our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness. Now, this part, by whose stripes we were healed. Now, you, you can think about this. is were, you know, present tense or future tense, or is it past tense? And uh, were, by, when it says by whose stripes we were healed, that's past tense. In other words, the price has already been paid for our healing just as well as the price has been paid for the forgiveness of our sin. And uh, one of the things that uh, we're, we're going to see, I like to look at it this way. Isaiah was on this side of the cross looking forward, and it was, as I said, some hundred, 700 and something years before Jesus come on the scene, and he was prophesying by the Spirit of God that when the messiah come that he would bear not only our sin but our sickness and our disease then jesus in matthew chapter 8 verse 17 he said that it might be fulfilled by the prophet isaiah what he said was being fulfilled then and then first peter 2:24 peter was on the other side of the cross looking back to what jesus did when he went to the cross of Calvary. And he paid the price for our healing as well. And actually, uh, when you uh, look at the word uh, of salvation or redemption, uh, it's the Greek word sozo, which means healing, deliverance, preservation, safety, and soundness. And so God wants You know, when we are born again, we receive him as our personal Savior. Uh, He wants us to have the fullness of our salvation, and that includes healing in that. And uh, so that, uh, you know, is the basic three scriptures that I use uh, to show us that it is God's will to heal. And uh, I know, uh, just I got one more I can share that's real quick. Matthew uh, chapter eight. uh, It said when uh, Jesus, of course, you know, would go a lot of time out into the wilderness, into the uh, mountain area somewhere to pray and to rest. And when he came down from the mountain, it said there met him a leper and said, uh, you know, you can heal me if you will. In other words, he believed that Jesus had the power and the ability to heal, but he didn't know if he would or not. And that's where a lot of Christians are today in their faith is they know God has power. They know that God has the ability, but they're like this leper. They're not absolutely convinced that God will. But Jesus, so simple of an answer, he said, "I will be thou clean." Now that I know that's hard, you know it's as so simple as uh, one pastor put it, God's word is so simple we have to have help to misunderstand it. And so from those few scriptures there, we can definitely say with all confidence and with full assurance of faith, that it is the will of god to heal
0: amen 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 so pastor steve the second question that we have tonight is does healing include all sickness and all diseases
1: yes i believe it does and we'll (laughs) use a scripture out of the old testament and also a scripture out of the new testament you know uh And another thing, you know, you can think about is in Hebrews 13 and 8, it said, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if Jesus healed, you know, when he was here on earth, uh, if he healed then, and obvious he did because uh, the gospels are full of miracles that he did, And uh, in the book of John, the last chapter, it said that if all the books that, uh, you know, were written that would tell about the miracles that he performed, not only just healing, but uh, all of his miracles, there wouldn't be enough books in the world. The world couldn't contain all the books that should be written. But uh, in... Uh, Psalms 103, uh, beginning at verse 1, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And then he begins to tell us what the benefits are. He said, Who forgiveth all thy uh, sins, you know, thine iniquities, and who healeth just, well, some of our no that's not what it says is it it said who healeth all our sicknesses and so there he said he will heal all sicknesses not he doesn't have to just pick out certain ones that he has the ability to heal he heal he can heal and he does heal all sicknesses and all diseases he he can and he will, and I believe that he desires to. And uh, then also, uh, you know, we, we find here in the, I believe it's the uh, ninth chapter of the book of Matthew, uh, where uh, it says uh, that he healed all their sicknesses and all their diseases. Uh, And this was uh, when he was uh, ministering to the man that was sick of the palsy. And, uh, you know, he not only told him that his sins were forgiven, but he told him, you know, that uh, his uh, sickness, which caused the paralysis in his body, was being healed as well. And also, I believe it's in the 10th chapter uh, of Matthew, Verse 1, it says, And when he had called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them power or authority against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. And so he's, he's letting us know here that, uh, you know, beyond any shadow of a doubt, it it's god's will to heal he he wants to heal his people and also in third john verse 2 he said uh, beloved i wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul doth prosper so here we we find you know all through the new testament not only did jesus heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease, but he also gave that authority to his twelve disciples, later become the apostles, and uh, he gave them the same power or the same authority to heal and uh, all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. You're going to find if you study the life of Jesus and the ministry of Jesus. Uh, you know, uh, that he sent them forth, and his ministry primarily was three things, teaching, preaching, and healing the sick. If you study his ministry, that it's in that order, teaching, preaching, and healing the sick. And uh, he, he gave that same authority to the disciples. And also... We find in the Scripture, in Mark's Gospel, chapter 16, that, uh, you know, he said uh, there that uh, these signs shall follow them that believe. He had given the great commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And uh, he said uh, there, he said these signs. Now, this commission was not just to the 12 apostles. This commission was to the body of Christ, to the church. And uh, he said, to these signs shall follow the believer. See, Not just the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, but these signs shall follow them that believe, all believers. And uh, down in, uh, I believe it's verse 18 of that chapter, he said, they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. And so, uh, you know, we, if we are to be obedient to the command and the, to the commission that God gives to the church, uh, as a believer, we not only should preach salvation, you know, certainly, uh, you know, some people have said to me before, well, you know, the most important thing is, is to have your sins forgiven and, uh, you know, invite Jesus into your heart and know that your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Well, I, I would not argue with that at all. I believe that, yes. But thank God we don't have to make a choice between which we can have. We can have both. And uh, if we have time <laughs> this evening— we're, we're going to see, and I can show you from the Word of God, that healing and forgiveness of sin go hand in hand. And, and uh, maybe a little bit later in the program, we'll, we'll be able to share from Scripture and show you these things because wherever you find one, you're going to find the other standing next to it.
0: Amen. All, all good stuff, Pastor Steve. <laughs> yeah. All of it's great stuff. Uh, so third question for you tonight, and I think you sort of hit on this, is we're at, we need to ask the question, is sickness the result of sin?
1: Well, there's, it's obvious in some of the miracles that uh, Jesus performed that uh, in some cases a sickness was on a person, because of a particular sin that they were involved in and maybe practiced in their life. And as a result, it opened the door to the devil, who is the author. That's one thing we need to settle as well. The devil is the author of sickness and disease. Uh, and uh, we know that sickness and disease came into the world as a result of adam when he sinned in the garden uh you know and they partook of the fruit of the uh, tree of knowledge of good and evil sin entered into the earth and uh, it's you know it's been in in the world ever since uh but uh you'll notice also uh and i want to share some scripture with you that uh in Luke chapter 5, this, uh, in beginning at verse 17, you'll find the story there of Jesus ministering to the paralytic man. And, and uh, it said that he was teaching and, uh, he said there were the Pharisees and doctors of law sitting by. These were people that should have known the word of God and, uh, it said the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Isn't that amazing? The Pharisees and doctors of law sitting by and Jesus was teaching and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. In other words, the power was there to heal every one of them if they would have believed. But we'll find that you know, them didn't get healed, but him did, the paralytic man. And it goes on to talk about some of his friends brought in him in and to get him into the presence of Jesus, and uh, they couldn't find a way to get him in because of the multitude. And uh, so it, it wasn't no small crowd there. There was evidently I, I don't know what how many it takes to make a multitude but it's obvious there's more than just a few people present there. And to think that the power was there to heal all of them or any of them that needed healing, but only that paralytic man got healed. And when his friends couldn't get him in to Jesus because of the crowd, they took him up on the rooftop, tore off the tiling, and lowered him down in the presence of Jesus. Now, they were bringing him to Jesus that Jesus could heal him. But notice what Jesus said. When he saw their faith, what did he say? Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. And so evidently, this paralysis that had come to him was a result Of some particular sin, the Bible doesn't say what the sin was, but it it was the sickness, the paralysis was a result of some sin that he had committed and maybe was living in a lifestyle of sin, that particular sin. And uh, that's why he said, man, thy sins be forgiven thee. Well, you know the Pharisees and the scribes—they got all upset. The re, I call it the religious uh, crowd got upset because he said his sins be forgiven, and they were murmuring among themselves and said, "Who you know? Who does this man think he is? Only God can forgive sins on the earth alone." And Jesus perceived their thoughts and. Uh, he said, you know, what, why do you murmur among yourselves? He said, uh, what's easier for me to say? Thy sins be forgiven thee, or take up your bed and walk. Here, <laughs> there, to me, this is a, a, a beautiful passage of Scripture, and it's amazing to find out that the same power that forgives sin is the same power that heals. Isn't that amazing? The same power, I'll say it again, the same power that forgives sin is the same power that heals. And you're going, you're going to find, uh, you know, here, and he said, went further to say, but that you might know that the Son of Man also has power to forgive sin he said to the man, take up your bed and go in, walk and go into your house. And so the paralytic got up off of the uh, bed that he was laying on, or a little couch it said, and he took it up and walked into his own house glorifying God. And they said, you know, we've, we've seen strange things today. They'd never heard anything like that. Well, there's a lot of things that Jesus said to them that they had never heard before. and uh, But what we see is that he said, what's easier for me to say? Now think about this. I can say, man, your sins be forgiven thee or take up your bed and walk, which is e- either way, the man was going to be healed. His sin, not only was he going to be healed of this paralysis, but his sins was forgiven too. Now also another scripture in the book of James chapter 5, he says, is any, verse 13 where it starts. He said, is any sick among you? Well, you know, in a church gathering, uh, you know, obviously, even if it's a small church, Uh, there's more than likely that there's going to be somebody there that, uh, you know, has something troubling them uh, physically, uh, some kind of illness or sickness and uh, whatever. And uh, he said, is any sick among you, let them call for the elders, that is, those that are mature in the gospel, and let them anoint with oil, pray the prayer of faith, and it says, the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. In other words, Jesus is the healer and we always let people know that. We, we are not the one that heals, it's Jesus. And he will use people just like you and me because, you know, God is on his throne. Jesus has been exalted to his right hand And so the only uh, God that is in the earth today working is the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit. And he dwells on the inside of us. And Jesus said, as the Lord has sent me, the Father has sent me, even so send I you. So uh, in other words, as far as ministry is concerned, of course, we can't die on the cross for anybody because we were uh, sinners, you know, thank God. And we were saved by grace. And, uh, but now, as a child of God, we, he has given that same power, same authority, that God the Father gave him, and then he gave to the disciples, and is also given to every believer. Mark chapter 16, we mentioned a while ago. These signs, what signs? Casting out devils, speaking with new tongues. and it, if you take up serpents or drink any deadly thing and and no,'re we're, we're not a state a snake handling church. <laughs> you know we, uh, don't, there are four kinds of uh, snakes that I don't like. That's big ones, lit ones, live ones, and dead ones. But I believe that what that means, you know, Paul, when they were shipwrecked on the Isle of Patmos, uh, or there where they were shipwrecked, the island of Melita. And uh, he was gathering sticks for a fire so they could warm themselves and dry their clothes. And he was gathering those sticks and a viper fastened upon him. And in the name of Jesus, he just shook it off. And, of course, the people of that island was expecting to see him fall over dead. And when nothing happened to him, uh, you know, then uh, they, of course, uh, thought he was some kind of God, you know. And uh, so, uh, you know, God uh, used Paul to minister to them, and many of them accepted Christ as their Savior as a result of it. And uh, so... Then he said, and, and the, they shall lay hands on the sick. That's what signs should be following the believer. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall. He didn't say maybe they would or I hope they might. They shall recover. And so uh, there we see that uh, all sickness is not due to an individual sin, but some sicknesses are. And there are many cases where he would, uh, after he had healed them, he would go to them later and say, go thy way and sin no more, lest the worse thing come unto you. And so we can see that uh, in some cases, a sickness can be the result of a sin in a person's life, because when when we sin, uh, we it, it opens the door to the devil, and in First Peter chapter five, uh, verse eight, it said that we're to be sober and to be vigilant, because our adversary, the devil, goeth about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, and uh, so. It we uh, when we sin, it opens the door to the enemy. That's why it's important that if we do miss it, and we do, all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But if we do miss it, instead of you know running away from God, run to Him and ask Him to forgive you and have mercy upon you. And First John chapter one verse nine. He said, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and he's just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And I always, you know, when I'm talking to people, I say, if you take the un off of unrighteousness, what do you have left? Righteousness. Praise God. In other words, if you confess that sin, he's just to forgive you. And you continue your fellowship with him. That fellowship uh, does not stay broken. That that is restored, and you continue walking with God. And but in this case, uh, you know, we see in Luke chapter five the paralytic. Evidently, the particular sin he was in uh, was causing this paralysis in his body, and that's why Jesus said to him man, thy sins be forgiven thee. But he was not only going to be healed uh, or forgiven, he was going to be healed of his paralysis as well. And uh, then we go to the ninth chapter of the book of John, and this was a man born blind. I'm sure you're familiar with the story. And uh, they asked Jesus, who did sin? This man, or his parents, that he was born blind. Now, I thought, you know, that was kind of a dumb question. How could it have been a result of that man's sin? He was born blind, And uh, how could he have sinned before he is ever ever born? So to me, it seemed like a kind of a dumb question, but anyway, Jesus, answered the question, and he said, neither this man nor his parents. So that answered the question. Neither this man nor his parents have sinned, that he was born blind. And so he said, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him, I must work the works of him that sent me. And then he uh, proceeded to make a spittle of clay put upon his eyes, told him to go and wash in the pool of Siloam. And he did that, and when he had washed the uh, mud off of his eyes, uh, then he said he came seeing. And uh, so yet he was born blind, but it was not a result of his sin or his the sin of his parents. You know, we, we understand that sickness and disease came into the world as a result of the fall of Adam. And, uh, you know, of course, Jesus come, the Bible says, uh, you know, to destroy the works of the devil. And so when he went to the cross and he shed his blood and also he bore the stripes that was laid upon his back and it says, according to 1 Peter 2, 24, by whose stripes we were healed. He bore our sickness and our disease and his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness, and by his stripes we are healed, or we were healed, it says. And were is past tense. I remember some years ago, uh, I was asked to pray for an elderly lady, and she had had cataract surgery. And uh, she, you know, her eyes wasn't clearing up and getting better like they expected. And her brother asked if I could come and pray for her. And to make a long story short, I I told him I would. And uh, so when uh, she came over to his house, he went and got her and brought her to his house. He called me and asked me if I'd come, and I said, yeah. And so I went and I talked to her just a little bit because, uh, you know, you don't know what uh, people have been taught. Uh, you know, really, their speech gives them away, and you can find out in a hurry, uh, you know, what, what they believe or uh, what they've been told, whether it's according to the Word of God. And uh, so anyway, I ask her a few questions, and I could tell she didn't really know much about it. But she she was desperate. She wanted help. And so I shared those basically three quest, uh, scriptures that I gave in the beginning, Isaiah 53, 4, and 5, Matthew 8:17, 17, 1 Peter 2, 24. And uh, so when I read those scriptures to her, I said, now I want to read this last passage of scripture to you and uh, I want you to see something I'm I'm not trying to be a smart aleck but I I want you to see something she said well okay and so I read that scripture with her and when I got to the last part of that scripture that said by whose stripe we were healed and I emphasized that part and uh, I said now let me ask you a question is were past tense or present tense or future tense. And she thought just a little bit. She said, well, that's past tense. I said, yes, it is. And she said, well, then I'm I'm already healed, aren't I? I said, yes. I said, Jesus has already paid the price, and it's just a matter of you receiving by faith the finished work of Christ on the cross of Calvary. And she said, well, I believe that. And I said, well, I do too. And so uh, we gathered around her and, uh, you know, we, her brother and his wife and myself. And we. And I want you to know I've, I've never claimed to be, a, you know, the one that does the healing. I, I can't heal nobody. I, I always said I couldn't heal a fly of a headache. I don't know if flies have headaches or not. Maybe they do when you hit them with a fly squat you know but uh i'm not the healer jesus is the healer but he does use his body to bring about his will on this earth he uses the church the believer that's what mark chapter 16 said and so anyway uh we laid hands on her and prayed for her and uh you know certainly we felt the presence of god but uh, we're going by faith. We, you know, doing what the scripture said: lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. And uh, so, uh, I was talking to her brother and his wife, and she was looking around over the room. And uh, <clears throat> the more she looked, the bigger her eyes was getting. And uh, so, she she said, "Why, well, I-, I-, I can already see better." And uh, I looked down at her, and bless her heart, she had tears running down her cheeks, and I I never forget it. It it did something to me. I mean, I I was so thankful and so uh, glad that God had touched her and blessed her, and uh, she was 72 years of age, and uh, this stuck with me, and it has all these many years. She... She said, I I looked at her and I saw those tears running down her face. And she said, I I asked her, I said, you you didn't know Jesus loved you that much, did you? And this was what got me. She said, I've been to church all my life. And nobody ever told me Jesus would do that for me. And, uh, you know, that, uh, it, it, it registered on the inside. It grabbed a hold of my heart. And I I just thought, God, don't ever let me be found guilty of not telling people the truth of what God's Word said. Yes, well, we've been made fun of. We've been ridiculed because we pray for the sick. But that's just obeying God's commandment, His commission to the church. As a believer, we are to lay hands on the sick and expect them to recover. And uh, so I, I better stop with that. I, I could go on and, you know, uh, a long time, I guess, on, on that very one question, but there may be some other things we need to talk about.
0: Yeah, so Pastor Steve, next question. And I, I, I believe we, we gave some of that in this the last context that you talked about. But really, when we talk, um, what we speak, does it affect our healing? How we talk? You know, I always hear people. Uh, you know, I'm sick, or I'm downtrodden, or you know, I'm, I'm. You know, they they always poor mouth themselves. Yeah. But does that affect their healing?
1: Yes, it's it's very important. It really can affect. Uh, you know, the course our life takes, uh, because really, whatever's in a man's heart, the most is what he's going to be talking about the most. And, uh, you know, uh, in, in the book of Proverbs chapter 18, uh, I believe it is that says that, uh, death and life are in the authority of the tongue or the power of the tongue. We don't realize sometimes how much power our words carry. For instance, uh, I'll just give you this quick example. Some people said, oh, uh, I mean, you know, when, when, when I was growing up in school, there's usually always a bully around somewhere that bullied everybody. And, you know, if they would begin to mock us and make fun of us, we we would, to you know, to cover ourselves, oh, you know, to, from acting like we was hurt we'd say sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. But words, wrong words, will kill you. (laughs) That's why he said in the book of Proverbs, death and life are in the authority or the power of the tongue. Then we come on over into the New Testament uh, and Jesus in John chapter 6, verse 63, uh, I believe it is, He said, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. You see, Jesus, uh, you know, didn't go around talking, uh, things that were contrary to the word of God. And, uh, you know, he, he always, he said, I always say what I hear my father say, and I always do what I see my father do. And so, uh. Our words carry power. For instance, uh, and I think especially if if something, you know, somebody that I don't know or anything, now naturally, humanly, we want everybody to like us, to love us, you know. But it's obvious everybody's not going to. I mean, I can't understand why anybody wouldn't love me, (laughs) you know. And Josh and others, you know, uh, Josh is a good man, and uh, you know, I I don't understand why some people wouldn't like him, uh, but well, it's obvious they some don't. They some people don't like me. They some people don't like Pastor West, uh, you know. But uh, when somebody that you're close to, for instance, uh, a companion, a mate your wife or your husband, you know, a stranger can say something to you and you just say, uh, you know, you just go on your way and it don't th- you think much about it. But you let your wife or your husband or a brother or sister, somebody you're real close to, say something against you, it cuts. I mean, you can feel it down inside. It really hurts. Why? Because words carry power, words carry life, and words carry death. And, you know, people don't realize it, but this is operating in their lives, and they don't even realize it. When, uh, you know, uh, some kind of flu or virus or something is going around, well, I guess I'll probably be one of the first ones to get it. You see what you're doing? You're, without, without realizing what you're doing, you're opening the door to the enemy to attack you. You know, instead of saying, well, I guess I'll be the first one to get it. Instead of saying that, say, well, in the name of Jesus, I plead the blood of Jesus over my life, over my body, and I refuse to get this disease or this flu or whatever it is, virus that's going around. I resist it in the name of Jesus, and I receive His healing life, His healing power, and you'll be amazed how much difference that will make. And uh, if say somebody where you work, the plant or whatever it is uh, is laying off workers, and I've heard people say, "Well, I'll, I'll be one, they're laying off down at the plant. I I'll probably be one of the first ones to get laid off," and they are. Why? Their, their tongue is setting the course for their life. That's uh, verified in the book of James uh, in uh, chapter 3, I believe, that uh, he said that the tongue is such a little member, but it's set on fire of hell. It, and what a, a flame it kindles. So, you know, we, we need to learn how to speak what God said. Now, concerning sickness and disease, if that's all you talk, that's what you're going to get. It'll turn the course of your life. He gives the example of how you control a horse, you know, with a bridle. If you want him to go one way, you pull the right side. If you want him to go the other way, you pull the left side. And some of them are neck rein trained, you know, that you just lean it the way you want them to go, and they, they will obey. And then he gives the example of a ship, uh, you know. And uh, it the, the rudder is such a small member of the boat, the ship, but yet it will turn that ship, even no matter how gigantic it is, it will turn that ship in the direction that the captain wants it to go. I know uh, we've uh, been on a cruise to Alaska, and uh, the cruise ship was over, uh, I think, oh, tw- something over 1,200 foot long. Well, that's thats a big, that's not a toy boat. That, that's a big ship. But compared to the rest of the ship, it's a small rudder. But yet, wherever that captain wants it to go, that rudder will turn it, in the direction that the captain wants it to go. And so James, through the Holy Spirit, is showing us that our tongue will turn our lives in the direction we're speaking. And so if you talk in doubt and unbelief, then that's what you're going to have. If you talk in faith and believing the Word of God, then that's what you're going to have. I believe that in Proverbs said that death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So, you know, uh, that's why uh, the the, the, uh, one scripture says that to put a guard over my mouth, uh, the psalmist David. And I've heard people say, In prayer, they'd say, Lord, help me to guard my tongue for tomorrow, today, because tomorrow I may have to eat them. (laughs) That's kind of of funny in a way, but yet it's not funny because you can have what you say. Mark chapter 11 is a chapter in the Bible that really uh, bears down on this. It's called really a lot of times by uh, preachers and people of faith that it's, it's the faith chapter in the Bible because Jesus, you know, they were going from Jerusalem over to Bethany and uh, they Jesus seeing a fig tree far off, he thought there might be some figs on it still had leaves on the tree and he went to it, couldn't find any fruit and he cursed it and said, no man eat fruit from thee hereafter. Well, the next day, they were going from Bethany back to Jerusalem. And when they come by that fig tree, Peter noticed. He said, Master, look at that fig tree that you cursed. It's withered and dried up from the root. And Jesus said, have faith in the King James. It says, have faith in God. In the margin of my Bible, it says, have the God kind of faith. Well, what it and he proceeded to show them what the God kind of faith is. He said, whosoever, verse 23, whosoever shall say under this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and doubt not in his heart. And, uh, you know, believe that what he says will come to pass. He'll have whatever he says. And, uh, you know, you say, well, you can't literally move a mountain well, there, I, I don't have time tonight to go into it, but there was uh, over in the Middle East in a country uh, years ago, there's record of uh, a group of people that was threatened their life, and they prayed, and uh, this mountain uh, was literally moved, and it caused their lives to be spared because the people that were coming against them was going to kill them, if they couldn't prove that word in, in, in the Bible. But, but anyway, that's another story. But uh, he's talking about a mountain of any kind, a mountain of problems, a, a mountain of sickness, uh, a mountain of financial lack and so forth, whatever looms up before you. Uh, you know, it, it, sometimes these things, uh, you know, they come upon us unexpectedly a lot of times. And it it overwhelms us, but we don't have to accept it. We can speak to that mountain of sickness and tell it to go, to be cast into the sea in the name of Jesus. And uh, and we believe that in our heart and not doubt in our heart. He didn't say you can have doubt running all through your mind. The devil will help you think wrong things. And you can have doubt in your mind and yet have faith in your heart. And so that's why the Bible tells us in the 12th chapter of the book of Romans, not to be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? So that we can begin to think in line with God's word and begin to speak in line with God's word. And it works. You can work it in reverse Because as we said, people will say, well, there's a flu going around. I'll be the first one to get it. And they do. And they're laying off at the plant. I'll be the first one to get laid off. I'll lose my job. And they do. Why? Because they said they would. They got exactly what they said. And so that's why it's so important that we train ourselves to think and to speak in line with what the Word of God says and what He promises.
0: Amen. <laughs> Amen. That is great, great word for this evening. So, r- real quick, Pastor Steve, we're 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 wrapping up here. Is there any last comments? And uh, I've just seen a couple people ask uh, praying for stuff online tonight. Uh, in, in closing, um, if you don't mind close us out and then uh, pray us out and uh, we'll call it an evening. It, it okay. goes by quick, don't it?
1: Yeah, it does. It's the, as Pastor Wesley says, it's the fastest hour in the week. Uh, but I'll quickly, you know, sometimes people will ask, well, what, what hinders our faith the most? What What hinders us from receiving? Most of the time... There's people I know that uh, you know believe that God heals, uh, but they're kind of like the leper in uh, Mark chapter one and also Matthew chapter eight. the same uh, story. Uh, the kind of like the leper. They believe God can, but they're not sure He will. You know, that's that's what the leper said, Master. I know You can heal me if You will. Well. What, what did Jesus say? You know, he didn't give him a long discourse about why he couldn't do it or shouldn't do it or anything. He just simply said, I will be thou made clean. Oh, that's so simple. It's a simple, but we, we miss it. We stumble over it. It's a simple. And uh, that's one of the things, you know, and if it doesn't happen instantly, it's just like, You know, not all miracles that Jesus performed were instantaneous. A lot of them were, but there were a lot of them that was a process. Just like the uh, man born blind. He first told him to, you know, he spit and made a spittle of clay and then anointed his eye, put it over his eyes, and then he told him to go wash in the pool of Siloam. I, hadn't, I, I know when he went and he washed the mud uh, and clay off of his eyes, that it, then he came seeing. Uh, and a lot of times we'd think, well, that's when the miracle happened. No, the miracle began the moment Jesus spit on the clay, the miracle of that blind man or uh, paral- uh, man born blind. That was the beginning of the miracle then Was when Jesus spit on the clay and made that spittle of clay and anointed his eyes. The healing process was already set in motion. And I'm sure he had to have somebody to lead him to the Pool of Salon because he might have got turned around and not know which direction he was going. But uh, anyway, if he had, suppose he had got halfway there and whoever was, uh, you know, getting him there. Would say, "Well, here's a pool of water. Well, that's just as good as the pool of Siloam. We won't have to walk so far. Why not just wash it off here? If they had a, they'd have missed it. You see, the the thing is that's significant here is that the moment the Jesus spoke to him, what to do, gave him instruction. The miracle process began. The healing process began, but you have to be obedient to the instruction that God gives. And so, a lot of times, if people don't see an instant uh, change, or uh, you know, or they might feel the presence of God come upon them, and they'll think, "Well, uh, praise God, I'm healed." But before they get home, they feel, "Well." Uh, I thought I was, but I I got the pain here. I I, I must not be. No, that's that's not faith. That's doubt and unbelief. And uh, so that's why it says we walk by faith and not by sight. So when in the Scripture, and this I believe will help you, in Mark 11, and I'll close with this and pray. uh, In Mark chapter 11, verse 24, he said. Verily, verily I say unto thee, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe. He didn't say believe after you get it. It it I mean, why would you need to believe it then? You already have it. When you that's when you do the believing is when you pray. And it says, What things ever you desire when you pray, believe. Then, right then when you pray, believe that you receive what you're praying about. And then you shall have it. That shall have it indicates that there's a process. Sometimes the process might be a little quicker. Sometimes you may have to stand for, you know, while on it, uh, you know. And uh, I've uh, heard of healings taking place where a person stood for 13 years for their daughter to be healed, was crippled. And uh, she was prayed for 13 years earlier, but her mother would not give up. People would make fun of her, laugh at her, mock her, told her she was crazy. She said, no, my daughter was healed when that pastor or that evangelist prayed for her. and stood 13 years, and then uh, right before the 13th year came, Uh, to the fullness uh, Jesus appeared to her in a dream and said I'm coming to your house tomorrow afternoon at three o'clock and I'm going to make your daughter whole well actually she believed her daughter was received the miracle when the prayer was prayed over her and uh, you know What happened? Well, Jesus came at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Why 3 o'clock? Well, I don't know. That's just what he did. He came at 3 o'clock. About 5 minutes to 3, a light appeared on the wall in her daughter's bedroom, and Jesus stepped out of that light and came over and laid his hands on her daughter, and she was completely healed in in just a matter of a few seconds. And, uh, you know, healed and she she'd been like that I, I don't know how many years more than 13 years but but see she her mother believed that when she prayed she believed and that's what mark 11 24 says you do the believing when you pray and if you don't doubt and don't give up stay in faith i know you're tempted to doubt you you you, and the old devil will say, well, you, you didn't really get healed. You know, you're, you're telling a lie. You didn't get healed. But look at it this way. Why would the devil be telling you you didn't get healed? He's a liar. He's the father of lies, and he can't tell the truth. And so, <laughs> you know, when he begins to lie to you and put those wrong thoughts in your mind— that's a good indication you've got what you've asked for, and that's why the devil's trying to get you to doubt it and not receive it. So a lot of times it's just a doubt and unbelief that bombards us. And, you know, if we don't know what the Word says, and that goes back to what we're saying, does words we speak affect our healing, our health, or whatever. Yes, it affects it. If you, uh, and, and it's with uh, the same thing with money. You say, well, I, you know, my grandpa was broke, never had nothing. My parents was broke, never had nothing. And I'm, I guess I'll be this like them, broke, never have nothing. Well, you know what you're doing? You're speaking it, and it'll come to pass because you believe it. It'll come to pass. So, we have to change the way we think about these things. And God's Word, we gave you those three witnesses in uh, the scripture to stand upon. And you have to believe it, settle it in your heart and in your mind. It is God's will to heal me. He didn't just do it for others, He'll do it for you as well. Well, our time is gone, but I want to pray. Uh, right now, and whatever you're dealing with in, in your body, any kind of sickness, I sense the, <laughs> the presence of God just come on me, and uh, I want to pray for you. I know what it is to struggle with these things, uh, you know, and it, I'm not saying it's the easiest thing in the world to do, but you have to set your mind Set your heart, I'm going to believe the Word of God. I'm going to accept what God's Word has to say. No matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, no matter what anybody else says, I'm going to believe the Word of God and receive my miracle. So whatever sickness, he said he healed all manner of sickness and all manner of diseases. And so as we pray right now, I want you to know that Jesus loves you and there would nothing please him any more than for you to receive the miracle healing power of God right now for whatever you're going through. Right as we pray, remember when you pray, believe. That's when you believe and start thanking God for your miracle. Father, Right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, we come humbly before your throne, realizing that without you, we can do nothing. But we come in the name of Jesus, that name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. And the name of Jesus is above everything that is named in heaven. In earth and under the earth. So, right now, in the name of Jesus, I speak to sickness and disease of all kinds, all manner of sickness, all manner of disease, in the mighty, powerful name of Jesus. And right now, I speak healing. In Psalms 107, verse 20, the Bible says, He sent His word and healed them and delivered them from all their destruction. And right now, in the name of Jesus, I speak that healing word over your life, over what you're dealing with. And I decree and declare healing and wholeness in your physical body. In the name of Jesus, I decree it. Amen and amen. Amen. Thank you. God bless you for allowing us to come and share these things with you and I pray that it's been an encouragement to you and a help to you. If you will, do me a favor and punch the like button. That way Pastor Wesley will see it.
0: He might let me come back. Y'all have a good evening, (laughs) and we appreciate you joining the Glean podcast.